Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fake the Nation, episode 355. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we worry that Rihanna wasn't getting enough air at the Met Gala, buried in all those heavy fabric flowers. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and I'm just grateful that Pedro Pascal wore his dress-up shorts. He really showed off those gams. Today, we're going to talk about dumb stuff like potatoes and house sitters. Then we'll veer into some Disney lawsuits, and then we'll inch out with the new phenomenon of likability jail. Today, oh, folks, this panel is so exciting. I am joined by a writer and a host of the Just Between Us podcast and the Bad With Money podcast. And you've heard them on this podcast before so many times, and they are always so delightful. It is the one and only Gabe Dunn. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Wow, that was a beautiful introduction. And we have joining us, I believe for the first time, a comedian. Uh, he has had a show here in the last couple of months that's been doing incredible. It's called Solo. And good news is Solo is going to be touring all over the country this summer. So look out for it. It is the incredible Gabe Malika. Hey, Gabe. Hey, I'm so excited to be Gabe number two. 
This uh, is great. Is, is, what a uh, joy. First of all, listeners, you should know that last week we had on Gabe Gonzalez. This week we have an all-Gabe show. We are just slowly <laughs> turning into an only Gabe podcast. Gabe the nation, um, baby. Gabe the Gabe nation. Gabe the nation. <laughs> and so I'm sure listen, listeners already love it. Uh, and now before we get into the show, I just want to... Um, remind listeners that we have the episodes of the Succession Recap Pod dropping every Monday. And this Monday's podcast was truly exceptional because uh, featuring on the panel this week was the wonderful, the legendary and fake the nation royalty. Isaac Mizrahi was breaking down succession. And I know that I uh, literally uh, Gabe, Gabe Dunn's jaw just dropped because Isaac Mizrahi is uh, so awesome. And you do want to to hear what he has to say about rich people. It is so fucking funny. So tune in to uh, Succession. And my, my little bit of homework for you all is if you've been enjoying the session Succession recaps, what other shows that are coming up in the future do you want us to be recapping? I've had such a good time recapping Succession. Maybe there's other shows I should be recapping. Uh, what shows are in the cultural conversations? Hit me up. Let me know. I'm so curious. And also, if you've been enjoying not one but two podcasts a week from the Fake the Nation universe, maybe it's time to join the Patreon. You could go to patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. Um, and for as little as $4 a month, you get bonus episodes of Fake the Nation. So go to Patreon. Patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. And thank you so, so much to everyone who's been supporting the show. I'm just, I blush. I blush. My cup runneth over. You're all so gosh darn lovely. And now let us get into it with topic number one, dumb stuff. Or maybe not so dumb. I don't know. Apparently there's a new study that shows that frequent fried food consumption is linked to a 12% higher risk of anxiety and a 7% higher risk of depression. Specifically... The consumption of French fries, does this change anything for either of you? I think it confirms my the suspicions that I've already had. Because, like, I hang out with, like, a group of bros from Long Island. And, like, we eat really poorly. Like, once, like, we get together once a month and we eat really poorly. And then, like, Sunday morning I'll feel terrible. And I think this just, this just confirms, like, oh, yeah, if you eat, like, bad food, you'll feel bad. It kind of makes me feel like I'm growing up. Like my body's like, no, be an adult, Gabe. Eat a salad. It makes me feel good kind of in this weird, bizarre way. I would be de depressed without French fries. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? There's no good foods or bad foods. Like literally being like, oh, if you don't have French fries, you'll be happier. I've never heard when. I've never heard that. What are you talking about? I mean, okay, because what my first thought when I saw the headline was, is this a chicken or the egg thing? Is it that you're like, oh, I feel sad. I want to eat French fries, which I feel like is a universal go anywhere in the on the globe. And a sad person does feel like eating French fries. It's something that brings all <laughs> cultures and people together, right? So it's maybe this thing is you are eating French fries because you're sad, not that eating eating French fries makes you sad. But then I actually looked at the the piece and apparently there's like a thing in um, when you fry a food, a, a chemical emerges called acrylamide, which mm. arises when some foods are cooked at a very high temperature and they are linked to anxiety and depressive-like 
behaviors related to brain inflammation. So a, I don't know, a reach. <laughs> <laughs> the science is out. <laughs> I don't I don't buy it. Here's my my new segment called I don't buy it. <laughs> also, I don't know. That was a lot of words, Nagin, and I don't have time. I'm busy. <laughs> I know. If you can't explain it in like less than 5 words, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. That's uh is that the new rule we're working on? I just like I don't know it's so hard to make these sweeping generalizations because so many different countries have different types of food different ways they do food different like you know also there's all this kind of there's always like this push to link like eating certain types of foods to mental health I think because they are just like hey how do we be fat phobic without being fat phobic and it's like just leave everybody alone. Like, <laughs> let everybody eat what they want to eat. Leave everybody alone. Who cares? Well, like- I remember. So I, when I was um, doing IVF so that I could have a baby um, and folks, it worked. Uh, I was, I had to go to a hematologist because I wanted to check out a little blood situation. And I, I, you know, I get migraines. I have all these issues, whatever. It's fine. It's not a big oh, yeah. deal. But like, I remember saying to the hematologist, like, I have a theory that like I get migraines because I when I was um, in the middle in the throes of um, puberty I ate a bag of Funyuns a day and (laughs) (laughs) and that like and that like basically my menstrual cycle was created on a bed of Funyuns you know and so maybe that's why (laughs) you know and and truly the hematologist goes Honestly, that's better than most theories I've heard, you know, and so (laughs) so there might be something there might be something to to any of these things. But the fact of the matter is nobody really knows. And there is a generation of people with whom I went to school uh, that we all ate really bad stuff at lunch every day. Of course, I think there's this like uh, for me, it's like, oh, this illusion that I can like change my mental health by eating a bunch of salads and then I'll, I'll do it for a week and I'll feel great. And at the end of the week, I'll feel tired and sad and be like, oh, no, it's just me. There's nothing I can do. <laughs> right? like, who's, who's like who's like sadder or more? I don't know. Like then someone who's just like, I'm going to I don't know. People who eat super healthy always want to make it seem like they're having a great time or <laughs> like a not. better time. Than <laughs> right, other people, right, 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 right. I don't think that that's true. I think that they're they're like I don't know the the most um if I'm like you know if you're not eating enough you're sort of shaky and that like gives you anxiety. I'm just thinking back to all the Yom Kippur's I've had in my life. But like the- <laughs> Oh my god, but I'm like, picturing you at a Yom Kippur when that's Oh my god, this and so dramatic as a kid because they like you you have to start it's a Jewish holiday where you fast and like you're supposed to start when you're 13 and just the the literal theatrics and drama of me at like 15 like laying on a ca- fainting couch <laughs> being like oh when will we break the fast like oh, it's, it's really almost it, but that is when you're like you know, having anxiety and depression when you're not eating enough. So 
I counter the science. <laughs> um, uh, well, folks, uh, talk to me about your fainting couch experiences. Uh, that's what I want to hear about. So um, let's move on to another dumb thing that we read about. We read a Dear Abby letter where the writer says that a close friend, this is, I'm reading for the letter now, a close friend takes care of my home when I travel several times a year. The problem is she snoops through my things. Over the years of our okay. friendship, this person has become increasingly possessive and clingy to the point that it's uncomfortable. I've overlooked it to avoid hurting her feelings. How do I handle this? Do I continue to lock up confidential paperwork and leave everything else for her to snoop through? If I tell her I'm aware of what she's been doing, I'm afraid she'll refuse to help me out any longer. So here's the question. What does she do? <laughs> Gabe, you have such a... Gabe, Dad, you have such a troubled look on your face from this Dear Abby letter. <laughs> yeah, because this is like controlling and borderline abusive, I think. Like... It's so controlling to be like, I'm going to look through your stuff. I'm entitled to your stuff. I always, I have a, ther- uh, like a thing that a therapist said to me one time that I really stuck with me was you're entitled to privacy in every relationship. Meaning Ooh. that even with your, even with your spouse, even with your partner, whatever, you're entitled to privacy. I've had friends that were like mad at me for not telling them some detail of my personal life, but it's like, nobody is owed that. So like this person for watching your house and also you already see red flags in them. It, like, so what? They're allowed to just go through your stuff. And then if you can, I mean, it just reminds me of someone, like if you confront them, they'll be like, well, we're close. Like we're friends. Like I'm allowed to do whatever I want. And it's like, no, I you're, the person is not an extension of you. I don't know, Gabe, other Gabe, you're literally a friendship expert. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. I mean, it makes it feel like, you know, when you like hand somebody your phone, like, hey, man, could you plug this in? And then can you imagine them going through it? I would be stop like, swiping on my photos. I showed you, you one photo. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> now you stop swiping. Get your finger out of there. <laughs> well, it's weird because well, I, I mean, I had a, a few first feeling. My first feeling was, oh, do you think of this person as a friend or you just think of them as a person who is your house sitter for free? You know exactly. what I mean? Like that was my first thought was not that that person is snooping through your things, but that you think of that person as someone who's like doing you this favor and oh no, what'll happen if they stop doing you this free favor? Like, dude, get a house sitter and pay for that house sitter and stop complaining uh, you're being cheap. You know, like if it, <laughs> like th- this is not what friendship is for. Your friendship is not for you to go on trips several times a year and then entrust your home to someone like, that's not what friendship is about. That's not what it's about. Have you ever had a house sitter do anything weird? Well, uh, so I don't know. I mean, the funny <laughs> thing is I, I have had I've had a dog sitter. Uh, and actually, we we kind of go back. We use the same dog sitter every time and we actually pay them. And um and they are like sort of family friends. And we've been we've had this wonderful relationship with them for years. And it's been great. And I have no indication that they snoop through anything. But also, like if they were to snoop through my things. OK, uh, I'll tell you something. When I when I say anything in the kitchen is yours, I really mean that. So if they're going mm-hmm. through the kitchen and like w- like with a fine tooth comb and finding like, you know, the powdered chicken broth from seven years ago, like that's great. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like if that all that is happening, I guess. I mean, 
Not to be like, I have nothing to hide, but like, I kind of don't have anything to hide. I don't know. What would they be? You know, I guess I, I would be a little annoyed if they were like putting on my underwear. <laughs> right. Underwear, sex toys, whatever. Like they could be finding anything. Uh, paperwork that says my social security number. Right. Is this person right. trying to like murder you? <laughs> right. Do they want collateral? Are they from Scientology? Like, I don't understand. Right. What is there to look through? Stop it. Watch a TV show. I'd like to be an advocate for a polite snoop, which is just like, you take <gasps> a look around. It's like, what's going on? What? How does this person live? You sit on the couch. You look, you, no. you know, look around a little bit. Nobody's here. I don't know. I feel like you shouldn't be going through drawers. Like the idea that like paperwork would be out of order. It's like paperwork's like a bridge way too far. Fridge. Right. You know, take it easy. Right. If I don't know the people, if it's not a friend, if it's just a stranger, I'll go through. Yeah. Why not? But like, <laughs> if it's a stranger, you're okay to see some pay stubs, or just like I, yeah. In in terms of how does this person live, if it's like a stranger, yeah, for sure. I always think about that when I have like the dog walker come. I'm like, I wonder if I wonder what they're if they're going through stuff, right? Or like what they're doing. The only evidence I've ever had is that one time my dog walker came and there was like mud in like their shoes and they walked their shoes through my house. Mm. And that and then I I could see that their shoes were in my closet and I was like, "Why?" Right. Did you say anything? No, I was just I just vacuumed up the dirt <laughs> and then continued to hire that person. Yeah. Well, look, uh, no, no, no. But there was it was through an app. But oh, there's I one see. friend, one friend of mine who who uh, came over to watch the house and feed my my old cat and like she fully broke the door off the hinge and then when I, the closet door and then when I said what happened it was laying on the floor when I got home then I said what happened and she said I don't know <laughs> <laughs> right I mean I so I guess my feeling is have I I'll tell you something that I have done at a friend's house and this is I don't know if this is super wrong I love like opening a few shampoos and smelling some shampoos and lotions. What? Yeah, like some, some <laughs> that are out that are out like in the bathroom that are sitting there out. Not like the one. I'm not like opening drawers. I'm just like, oh, what's this lotion? I want to smell the lotion. Is that crazy? <laughs> a lotion that is out. I'm like, oh, I want to test the lotion. Is that weird? To see, to see if you want to also buy yes, it? Yes, because I like smelling lotions. Am I a weird to, person? <laughs> oh my God, I'm schmitzing. Oh my God. Are yeah. you ever like, are you ever like, ooh, that's why my friend smells good? Yeah, I mean, I um, <laughs> am I linking <laughs> smells to humans? Um, yeah. I don't know that I have like such a sophisticated snout, but uh, <laughs> I, I definitely no, but I definitely just like I love smelling like lotions and stuff like that. I'm, Interesting. Yeah. Well, go to a bed, go to a bath and body works. Oh, and as I have, as I have very many times. <laughs> oh, throw me in a Sephora and I'll do some tester business. You know what I mean, guys? <laughs> um, all right, folks, what is your policy on house sitting? Have you snooped through someone's house? Uh, be honest. Hit us up. Let me know. All right. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, that was just an amuse-bouche. You know what I mean? We're just doing the little the little uh, easy-to-digest uh, silly topics <laughs> until we get into um, our next topic. Uh, so let's hear from our sponsors, and we'll be back. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app 
that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used rocket money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, educational app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, so stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. back and we're ready for topic number two so it's been a roller coaster between disney and desantis pun intended first desantis unveils the don't say gay bill disney doesn't say anything then does say something then desantis retaliates against disney for saying something by taking away their board autonomy of their properties that they've enjoyed for decades and mind you they're the biggest employer in florida disney strikes back by uh neutering that board the board tries to strike back and now disney is suing desantis claiming it is the victim of a targeted campaign of government retaliation for speaking out against the Don't Say Gay bill. Um, I guess my first question is, uh, what did you, I mean, what do you make of this back and forth between Disney and DeSantis, Gabe Dunn? Well, I am an expert because I am from Florida, born and raised, and I'm also a Disney gay adult. Okay. So... Um, both of those things are a clue, a little look into my mental health, uh, a little peek into what's wrong over here. Uh, and, uh, I, I just think like, it's so, cause Disney's not even that great at gay stuff. Like it's literally like, what is like, it's like predator alien versus predator. Like, I don't like, it's just like, I get, I get that Disney 
Disney has, it's hard to be a gay Disney adult because Disney has like a lot of shit where they cut gay stuff out of their films or they're like, well, we're not going to let Elsa have a girlfriend in Frozen, boo. Right. Or, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then, and then they'll be like, okay, well, we're going to go up against DeSantis, who is like obviously like a cartoon villain. Like, I don't even understand, like, I don't know. And then my parents are convinced he's going to be our next president. That's what they think. They're very worried about it. Mm. But they, like, are in Florida, and they're like, this motherfucker. Um, and so I... Wow, I, so, oh, so they, um, they're, they're at the ballot. They're it. nervous. They're at the ballot box with that guy. Oh, yeah. They're, I mean, my mom uh, is, like, very, uh, she's a lawyer, and she's done, like, uh, legal stuff, like, for the Democratic Party during elections and stuff like that. Oh, she gets hev- okay. heavily involved in Florida in, like, being one of those people that sits there and makes sure nothing illegal is going on. Uh, and she's clearly doing an incredible job. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, uh, she's a one woman army, but yeah, there's, uh, I, I think that, um, it's like a weird now like pissing match and I don't know, like I, I, I don't want to go to bat for either one of them, but I also have been to Disney like twice in the last two months. So <laughs> I'm a fucking hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite. No, but I mean, can I ask you, as someone who grew up in Florida, like what was the reputation of Disney? Like what, I mean, what is the feeling um, of Disney from your youth? Like, yeah, so it was a huge tourist, like tourism thing. Um, it was everywhere. There were, you know, it would just you would be so far away and there'd be a sign that's like 400,000 miles to Disney. You know what I mean? And you'd be like, OK, I'm literally in Miami, but sure. Right. Um, and there was also this element of it being very creepy, very overlord esque. So like Celebration, Florida, which is an entire town built by Disney that is like a perfect, you know, meant to be like a perfect town. Like they they flew in a type of grass that like is not in, native to the area and like made it this very perfect town. Um, and so we always had this idea of Disney as being kind of like this weird, creepy overlord type thing in the in the state um, that we were a little bit like like nobody said, oh, we want celebration or we don't want celebration. Like it was just happening, which is kind of funny that you're doing the succession podcast when I've seen a lot of people talk about how the latest episode Living Plus was like a lot about it seemed like an homage to celebration florida it's so first of all i've never even heard of that uh you've never heard of celebration no, no okay it's I'm an entire town built by disney and it's like meant to be like a perfect town and it's funny because i grew up you know in palm springs right so we used to go to disney at least once a year disneyland mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and i would say the hold over california is a little different than the hold over florida no. it's a less yeah. of a, it's it's not as big of an employer it's just like a different we don't i don't believe i don't believe we have an entire town built by disney in california i don't know <laughs> um so gabe alika what do you i mean here's my question what is desantis how does he look in the in, in these machinations um he's he's taken on a corporation right he's you know he's still flirting with a run for the white house i mean he has not announced um in a lay in a recent poll trump had 48 percent of the vote and um desantis had 24 percent, i believe it was so he's not an unserious contender uh but also and i've said this before on the podcast i'm sorry to be mean but he's rather unpleasant um, so how does he come off to you in this Dis- Disney battle? 
I mean, he always looks bad to me. He's just like a, <laughs> like a he's just like a finger pudding eating fascist, you yeah. know? Like he's yeah. always bad, and he's making me root for a corporation, which is basically my least favorite thing to do. <laughs> yes. You know, like I'm like, yeah, the corporation like pushing over the government, hell yeah! And like normally I'm like not on that side at all, and so uh. it's like Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. But I will yeah. say in my like desire to like do no harm in the world, I'm like, well, Disney does like make people feel good. And I feel like Ron DeSantis like very rarely does that. So I guess I'm rooting for Disney because like it would be fun to embarrass him nationally. Like the stakes of him like doing well are worse than the stakes of like Disney doing well. Like if Disney has a good quarter, it's like whatever. But if DeSantis becomes president, that's like a huge disaster. Uh, so I'm yeah. Disney, I mean, and the fucking crazy thing, the irony of all of this is that the corporations are enjoying this like expanded, you know, speech rights because mm-hmm. of conservative justices on the Supreme Court. So DeSantis right. is arguing against these free speech rights, which theoretically his party has upheld. And so, uh, folks, uh, you don't don't ask for what you don't actually want. Uh, you <laughs> fought for this. You know what I mean? Um, do you mm-hmm. do you think if he loses like whatever to Disney, it will crush his presidential like hopes and dreams? I think that it's this is a really great question. I was thinking on a global scale. One of the things that struck me about how this news is coming out in this in this week is that he's in Israel and you know presidential hopefuls do a lot of these kind of international trips and a lot of them mm-hmm. go to Israel and they, you know, press hands with other international luminaries. And I think it's weird to be on an international trip and Disney is probably one of the most famous American right. brands of all time. Right. And it's fucking Mickey Mouse. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, hey, this guy is shitting on Mickey Mouse. You know what I mean? I just think it's a weird look internationally. Now, Uh. how weird of a look is that? Like in the suburbs to the average, you know, Disney Plus subscribing parent? Probably also a weird look because I think the average person isn't in the weeds with like, what was the don't say gay bill and what what mm. was this board that controls the land and then what what did Disney do with that board and then what did, you know what I mean like these are very specific moves um and and the average person is not following these this kind of political maneuvering what it's coming down to is DeSantis is being mean to Mickey Mouse and like that <laughs> does not I don't think it looks good you know what I mean kids need their encanto I know mine does and so I think it doesn't I I don't don't, I think it doesn't look good. Now, here's my question for both of you. We'll end on this question, which is all of this is, again, this question, you you brought this up, both of you brought this up, but um, Gabe Malika, you said that it, you for, it's forcing you to side with a corporation. How much do you want your brands to take a position on things? I have become, in the beginning, I was sort of like, I want my brands to be like, Take a position, you know, and now I'm like, oh, I just want everyone. Part of me is just like everyone shut up. Like, like, does it, do I need my toilet paper company to like specifically be pro immigration? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know if I need it. I don't know. I do. I, of course I do. But I also don't. I'm not sure. Where where do you stand on that? 
they're just reacting to the market, I think, which is like so cynical, right? It's right. like they're not going to give Elsa a wife, but like they'll use the don't say gay bill when it's convenient for them and they can win a PR battle against like an, a tanking politician. So for me, it's always like the most cynical thing with these corporations where it's like they're going to do they're going to do what they're going to do to make the most money right now. That's to like support the don't say gay bill and uh, and like use that as a front facing thing to bury DeSantis. But like. But like Gabe One was saying, like, yeah, like they're not going to it's sometimes it's hard to be a, a, a Disney gay. Right. Because as an adult, because like they, <laughs> they like they make it hard on you, uh, except when they can win PR battles. So like cynically, like that's kind of where I land on it. They have tons of pride merch there. Tons. Mm. I went last oh, time I went really? there. Yes. I took a picture the last time I went. They had they have a Mickey Mouse pin. That's the trans flag. Wow. That's incredible. Like, in in the store. So I don't I also like. Um, I, I do like when companies stick up for stuff, but I think it has to be related to their thing or like it has to be borne out in their policies. So like, it doesn't do me any good for like a, a detergent company to be pro-immigration right. if they're hiring <laughs> right, right. sweatshops, right. you know, or like it doesn't do me any good if a company, a credit card company is like, yay, gay people, but like their hiring doesn't reflect that. Like mm. it doesn't. You know, it doesn't do anything. We make fun of in the queer community. We make fun of like the pride parade floats that are like Capital One supports pride. And it's like, OK, you know, right. like we right, right. That's like a joke to us. So, yeah, I, I see. I, uh, but that that kind of makes sense to me. And it's also like it, it does feel a little bit like weird opportunism if like, you know, binder clip companies are coming out here being like, we support. And it's like, dude, nobody cares. Binder clips, you know, like <laughs> that being said, that being said, June is coming up and I am available for any sponsorship. Um, <laughs> please. I make so much money in June. Uh, last year, last year I posted for a toothbrush company. I don't give a fuck. Like I will. If you're having some sort of pride campaign, I will do an Instagram post for you for money. Please hit me up. I will. I will say your brand supports trans men. Okay. So just whatever it is. Oh, folks. Um, you heard it here first. Uh, Pay me all of you. Pay, pay all of us, but just, <laughs> just pay, pay artists. Also, uh, WGA strike support it. What all of the things? I don't know. Mix them all <laughs> up. It's a, it's a soup. Um, all right, let us move on to topic number three. So, okay, comedian John Mulaney came out with a new special this week, and whether or not you watched it, or whether or not you liked it, or like him, none of that matters. Because what I really want to talk about is something he mentions on the show. Which um, he calls, uh, he says, likability is a jail. And that has a lot of personal meaning for him because he was um, imminently well-liked as a comic uh, with a wife that he talked about a lot in his stand-up. And it turns out that he was also a drug addict and he was also getting a divorce. Uh, and again, it, I don't mean to talk about him in particular. Of course you can if you want. But more, more so I want to talk about the idea that when someone is that well-loved and then they do something wrong, uh, how does that change your relationship with them? Um, I mean, and also both of you are, are public figures, so you may be s subject to some of this yourselves. But, um, but for someone, you know, but 
you know, you, you, we were also people who have grown up with celebrities. I don't know, people like, I don't know, Lindsay Lohan or Justin Bieber or Angelina Jolie or whatever, who have, who kind of had a, a persona and that persona sort of switched. How, what, what did this like, what does this likability jail uh, mean to you? I think it's interesting that all of this is based on like his stand up. Like he had like a couple albums and people got really attached to them. And I think that's interesting because it's such a curated, you, like people loved him and like they knew like three hours of his material. You know, like right. when you're a, like you two are podcasters. So I feel like your audiences like really relate to you and like they've heard you say things they agree with and say things they don't agree with and have good days and have bad days. Like that relationship feels more like, oh, I know this person. I've spent 120 hours with them or whatever it is. But like when it's based on three hours of stand up, like I, I kind of empathize where it's like you gave us a really curated version of your life and America fell in love with you because you're really good at it. And now, like, there's consequences for that because you're not perfect, obviously. Uh, and so, like, certainly, like, I'm sure he's hurt lots of people and, like, he's special doesn't even really get into that. But I, I think it's probably it's probably pretty daunting to have, like, the whole world feel like they love you because of, like, your most curated. It's like specials, too. It's not even like sets. It's like the most curated like intricate thing that you can put together. I kind of felt bad. I'm not supremely likable. Like I've never had the, <laughs> it's what? true. I think you're likable. But I've never, I've never had the audience where they've been like ride or die. Like, or, uh. or they are, they are. But like the way that you see like Ariana Grande's fans will mm. literally like murder for her. Right. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't, I've never really ha ha I've always been sort of divisive like we did mm. we did a, a meet and greet me and my podcast partner and something that came up a couple times was people were like Allison you give really great advice we really love you Gabe sometimes you're really onto something and I'm like <laughs> what, the, what the fuck does that mean like I'm literally I'm I'm just being myself which like later it's like I've had a recent autism diagnosis so that may explain a lot but like I I think like um, I think that being really with with Mulaney and I think with men in particular, one, if a man is beloved, I'm suspicious immediately. Okay. I remember immediately. <laughs> why, I remember when. Oh, because I'm always right. I remember when like and there's oh, and when you get to a level as a I think as a guy where you're like really beloved, you just start to act a fool. And so, like, mm. but even, like, I remember when every single guy in my life was obsessed with Louis C.K. and was like, he can do no wrong. This is the perfect person. And, like, I love him. And I was like, yeah, this isn't good. Whenever there's, like, a cult around someone, like, uh, okay, whatever, Bernie Sanders, whatever. But when there's a cult around someone, a guy, a man, I'm like, mm, I don't, I, I don't buy it. Uh, and so, like, any, I, I felt bad because Mulaney's fans were very, were largely, women who saw him as very comforting, very safe. Um, you know, he kind of yeah. plays, he plays into that thing where he's effeminate. Like it is this sort of like, we like him because he's, he's in a world of stand up comedy. That's so abrasive. And so like misogynistic and mean, here's a guy who's not doing that. Um, and so I think like they, they had a right to feel a little bit betrayed by sort of this safety being like that. He wasn't that way but also like any comedian that talks about their spouse so much yeah is sorry like i but mm, also mm, but mm. also you know like as a stand-up comedian i talk about my spouse i mean i it's like you 
it's funny because I it's part of me makes me want to go back and watch especially me like what specifically did he say about right. this so spouse? think about like exactly <laughs> so think about what he's saying about her she's yeah. she's a bitch yeah she's no. like you know what I mean right, like right 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 he's saying he's couching it in I love her so much but like what he's actually saying about her is bizarre Ali Wong too like what she was actually saying about her husband if you like took just the words right would be like Whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, um, I n- honestly like never dissected it enough because I just kind of got caught up in just, oh, there's a fun special. I'm enjoying it on the surface of it. Uh, yeah. But I-, I do think it's weird. I do think it's weird how tied people are to breakups, right? So yes. like, what did he exactly do? He left, he left his wife for someone else and had a baby. Like, yeah, that sucks. But like, that's sort of, that's a thing that happens. People get divorced. People break up. Like, it's I not know. like, you know what I mean? Like, people have a he, hard time with with men, I think, in particular, who move on with what they perceive to be too quick a pace. Yeah, I think that's for sure. Really because and w- but women, he, too. He was, he was, I, I don't know if he married Olivia Munn or whatever, but like, anyways, he had a baby with her, you know, very, pretty quickly, I guess. Um... And I don't know if it, because the here, but again, what is quickly? Like I met my husband and we moved in four months after we met. Like, so wow. and now we've been together for whatever, nine years. So what do you, was that too quick? I don't know. <laughs> or, know? or I think they, I think it's, I think the big problem was if I'm John Mulaney's publicist, I think the big problem was he chose a, a woman who is also disliked. Yeah. He chose a partner. Like, imagine who's like the most beloved, like, girl. Oh, right. Like, ima- well, okay. No, like, <laughs> right. imagine he, imagine Lola. he moved on with like, yeah. like, or imagine he moved on with, with someone we all fucking love. Yes. You know, yes. the only person yeah. I can think of is Sarah Paulson, but that's just the gay community and she's a lesbian. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, if right. he moved just on, an if he moved on with like, woman, yeah. A hot older woman who like his fans loved and who was like, oh, my God, she deserves the world. Yeah. They would have been like amazing. Right. It's just because it's Olivia Munn and nobody likes her. Uh, not, not me. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like right. she wasn't. Or she's just like she's gorgeous like and that's annoying. Yeah. She's she's like me. Like she's I mean, she's, she's you know, divisive. She says she's but divisive. Here's what's crazy to me. Gabe Malika, here's my question to you. There's people like Tom Hanks who have lived a glorious life of universal belovedness who have it, it, um, and they're just like have managed to do it sure yeah there's that one story of i think henry winkler hates tom hanks he like got him fired what? Something. it's like the oh i know it's like the my only best negative friend doesn't thing. like him either my yes. best friend doesn't like him either you guys don't know the rumors no, always- not, I've met Tom Hanks and I, I thought he was a, just a, a gem and a wonder and a fantastic and a beautiful, wonderful person. <laughs> I think he's got really strong PR. I'm sure he's a good person. I don't know. But I got really, you know, there's strong PR behind him. Like I've heard rumors of him having affairs and stuff, but no, but like that's nobody will ever. I'm going to get probably taken by the FBI for saying that. <laughs> We're editing it out of the show. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, you know, there's people that are like Oprah is another one, right? There's these like people that have a sort of magical quality. Um, yeah. And I think they're in another type of likability jail because um, maybe they have to work even harder at like never, ever doing anything wrong. Yeah. It's and Oprah's like- done a lot wrong, though. 
but, of course. Yeah, don't become a billionaire yeah. by doing everything right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, it it makes true. me it makes me feel like like if Mickey Rourke left his spouse to like have a child with Olivia Munn, like no one would be like, oh, Mickey exactly. Rourke, like like I'm so disappointed. Like some people like have permission to be like more like leash, I guess, to just like do be human and like make choices that people make people uncomfortable or whatever. But Mulaney, we put into this like he's Catholic, he's from the Midwest, he's tall, he's thin, he's got great jokes. Like we, as a culture, like I guess me included, like held him to a certain standard that's like kind of impossible. And so like then the first thing you learn about his like actual life is like, yeah, he's a drug addict. He's running around the city. He's getting people pregnant. It's like, oh my God, yeah. it was like sensory overload. Yeah, it's like if if you had heard conversely that, um, I, I don't know why this is the first name that's popping in my head, Axel Rose was like really into <laughs> right. like, you know, snuggly footy pajamas and making soup. Would you be also wildly disappointed? Right. Mm. Well, I don't know. Some people might. It's like the people that want someone to be super punk and they're not that punk. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's a it's a dislikability jail of a different. Yeah. It's like, oh, this person's a punk musician. You Google them. You're like, their dad is a billionaire. You know what I mean? Like, And you're like, wait a minute. He loves the police. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I don't know. It's it's um, I think, you know, it makes me whenever there's a man that's like like I'm like, OK, I don't want to like put it in the ether, but like how long can this Pedro Pascal thing last? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm like, what? There's, there's always a, a darkness after, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone was like, oh, Chris Evans and Jenny Slate. We love Chris Evans. Chris Evans starts dating like some 24-year-old model. Everyone's like, boo, we hate Chris Evans. Like, yeah. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it is also the male proclivity towards the younger lady that that does cast a hue. I think if you if you're a dude and your your publicist is probably just telling you date whoever as long as they're like over the age of thirty or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or or you just double down. You just do a Pete Davidson and you just double down on this is who I am. The DiCaprio of it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. But but even I mean, yeah. Uh, which he's gotten a, a bunch of like negative PR in the, you know, in recent. But it's not going to affect him. Who no, cares? That's, true. that's right. Yeah. But it's so it's so funny. Like it really is women liking these men who are with women they find appropriate. That's mm. what I'm coming to right now from this conversation. Right. Like the Keanu Reeves has like an older girlfriend or wife. Yes. And then like Hugh Jackman's with his wife, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like totally. she's actually older. Like, mm -hmm. like people love that. People yes. Like, go nuts and it's like their relationship could be awful i have no idea i just right. know that he carries film crew around like he carry like they'll shoot a new shot and he'll like help the crew out and then he dates an older woman and i'm like my brain tells me that that's good and i should like him but like, i don't know him at all right <laughs> <laughs> um all right folks uh let me know uh who's in your who's who are you putting in a likability jail um, i'm so curious what uh what what famous or obscure person is in your likability jail and that is the end of the show 
this double Gabe episode was just everything I hoped for and dreamed for. I'm so, oh, what a dream. Um, I would love for people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you and all of the wonderful things that you do. Gabe Dunn, where do they do that? You can find me at Gabe S. Dunn on Instagram and also the Bad With Money podcast anywhere, but it's BWM pod on Instagram and then uh, the Just Between Us podcast anywhere, but it's JBU podcast uh, on Instagram. And um, please listen to to both of those. That would be really helpful to me. <laughs> listen to both of those and join me in putting Gabe Dunn in a beautiful likability jail. <laughs> please. <laughs> Somebody. Gabe Malika, where do they follow you? Uh, at Gabe Malika on Instagram. Oh my That's God, I've been one. saying Gabe Malika. I'm so sorry. It's Malika. Oh, it's fine. It's all good. It's Italian. Man. It goes, there's a lot of value. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> um, you're doing great. Um, and I have a solo show that ran off Broadway for almost 50 shows, and we're taking it on the road. Uh, Pittsburgh, D.C., Philly, Boston, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, hopefully abroad. Hey. Lots of fun places. So follow me. And uh, remember, this has been a head gay podcast. <laughs> <laughs> also, also um, if you want to hear a Just Between Us episode that we did with Gabe, other yeah. Gabe, there's another crossover where there's a JBU <laughs> podcast episode with this other Gabe. Oh so check that out, too. There's the a, there's a, there's so much. The, the Gabe verse is vast. The Gabe <laughs> cinematic universe. Yeah. Um, folks, you know where to find me and all the stuff that I do. Uh... Don't forget Succession Pod on Monday. Uh, and um, if you have any thoughts about the show that you want to share with us, that's fake the nation podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's fake the nation podcast at gmail.com. Whatever ideas you have about the fake the nation show, whatever ideas you have about um, recaps that we should be doing in the future, I want to thank all the people that make this show a possibility. That's our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire. Our theme music was written by the um, incredible Gobby Alter. And thanks to everyone at HeadGum for making the show a possibility. And we will be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.